Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education from across the country. I am Karen Sarah Watson, and I am a teacher. This podcast is for those who want to better understand the experiences of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast. Um, today we have Kevin Higgins, who's a special ed teacher with the New York City Public School System. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you teach and just some background of who you are. Sure, I, I like, like you just said, I teach special education in a uh, high school down in the South Bronx. Um, so I've been through um, pretty much every scenario you can think of. Uh, both academically and, um, you know, threat of physical harm, the whole deal uh, that comes with that. Uh, I've been doing it for eight years now. Um, you know, I teach all, all grade levels. Uh, I teach a self-contained ninth grade class, and I do in, uh, integrated co-teaching uh, for uh, 10th, 11th, 12th. Uh, I've taught almost all subjects in, in co-teaching and have uh, led my own ELA classes also. Um, beyond that, I've been a storyteller for you know, a good four years now, um, you know, uh, doing various open mics and, and different, uh, different storytelling events. Uh, I've been featured on Pros of Pie a bunch of times. Uh, uh, I did the, uh, the fundraiser for the film for you. Uh, you know, which you were excellent. You did a fantastic job. That was a great, great <laughs> room, great room that night. Uh, beyond that, I'm just, uh, you know, living the life, just, uh, remote, remote teaching now, trying not to gain 500 pounds and, uh, yeah. you know, just trying to get like it all, all of us. Yeah. So tell me how, how's your family? How are you doing during all this pandemic? Um, we're well, um, my wife is working from home also. Uh, we've got two, two dogs, two small Boston Terriers. Um, they're ready for us to go back to work because um, we interrupt their six-hour nap days uh, by taking them out for walks in the neighborhood and all that. Yeah, I have a pit bull, and she's the same. She's like, enough already. Enough of the yeah, walks. I'm yeah. like, we're going. We're going for yeah. another walk. <laughs> you know, we find one of them usually lays. We've got a little dog bed right next to the, uh, to the table, and one of them, he usually comes in and I, I call him my, my, my co-teacher, you know, and he'll just sleep throughout my live sessions uh, when I'm teaching throughout the day. But beyond that, you know, um, I do have an elderly father who lives not far from me. Um, unfortunately, I can't really be around him at this point, um, you know, just with the threat of having been exposed myself. Uh, so, you know, we talk a bunch of times uh, over the phone, you know, so I check in. I'm, I'm the one who lives, lives closest to him. So. You know, yeah. sometimes it's tough being that close and not being able to just pop in on them, but. It's so know, hard. I, I, ha I have an elderly father, father who's in a nursing home too, so I haven't been able to see him yeah, in over nursing a month. Homes have been, yeah, nursing homes are tough because they don't let you go in at all. No, you know, I mean, no. They, it's a really good nursing home. They're really yeah. taking good care of him, but yeah. it's so hard to not be able to see him and yeah. talking on the phone is hard, so. I feel you. I, feel, I think yeah. it, I think that's probably the hardest for me is just to not be able to see my dad. Yeah, know, he so bought a he that. bought a bunch of uh, face masks, and he called me up last week. He says, you know, I I got like a whole bunch of these things. He goes, so, you know, I want to give you some. So, you know, I I broke the rule a little bit. I had my own face mask, but I went over there and 
my wife made him an Irish soda bread and I had some hand sanitizer for him. So we made a little trade, you know, so I was in his apartment door for maybe a minute and a half, just making the, uh, the exchange. But, um, you know, he's doing well. He feels fine. Um, his dog is in the same position as everybody else's. Dogs should be able to have their own storytelling hour. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. you know, virus. And on a good day, on a normal day before all this, he would take that dog out five, six times a day walking around. Um, so I think it's even worse now for the, for the oh, poor God. little guy. <laughs> so tell me, how is your, um, how is your transition from uh, the classroom to remote teaching going? it's been, it's been tough. Um, I, we've been finding in our school that, um, attendance has been really low. Um, so I, I go live 10 times a week, uh, between three different classes and two of my classes, I teach a a U.S. history for 11th graders and an ELA for 11th graders. Um, and a lot of those students are the same. They're, they're across both classes. You know, so I've got a core group of maybe five or six that will log into the live sessions with some regularity. Um, they're also the ones who are sending in assignments. But I've got, a, I mean, I've had, I've had sessions where there's been no students. Um, oh, my God. You know, so, and my self-contained class is, is a small class. It's only about six kids anyway. But out of that, maybe three have been, have been logging in. Uh, with any regularity. So it's, it's been tough that way. Um, you know, it's been tough in the sense that we're, we're getting kind of uh, different information every day on how we should be doing things, you know. I mean, unfortunately, and, and this sounds like it's been across the entire country, is that schools weren't really ready for something like this. Yeah, um, they certainly weren't. Yeah, everything was done kind of last minute, stitched together. So what's happening is, you know, we're giving instructions from our admin on how we're supposed to be doing things, but then they're hearing from the superintendent, well, no, don't do it this way, do it that way. Uh, you know, we got de Blasio saying that schools aren't coming back for the school year. We got Cuomo coming on, on two hours later saying, no, I'll make that decision. And now it's, I think, May 20th or something. So the upheaval, you know, especially when, when working with, um, with special ed kids who really need that structure. They really need those routines. Um, and all of that's out the window. And I'm a guy who needs routines, you know, I'm sleeping less now than I did when I was working because I'm, I'm anxious at night. I'm, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to be able to do this or how am I going to be able I'm supposed to teach Romeo and Juliet to myself in self-contained class. I have no idea. Oh my God. No idea. Puppets, puppets. No. <laughs> well, we, you know, we usually, trust me, it's, it's, the thoughts have gone through my mind. Um, we normally use a, a graphic novel version, um, but I can't find a, a copy of it online, like in a PDF form. So like, I'm literally going to be taking pictures of the pages, you know, and uploading those into my Google Classroom so that we can kind of read it all together. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, what do you do if, if people aren't logged, kids aren't logged on? Like, how are you keeping track of them? Like, how do you take care of your children when you don't have access to them? You know, it's so much, it's so limited um, on what we can do. You know, we're able to send um, communication through the Google Classroom, you know, through a live stream. 
Uh, so I'm posting things to the to everybody who's accepted that invitation to be in that Google Classroom. Um, you know, we have support staff who are working from home also who outreach, you know, so, uh, you know, one of our deans is the outreach uh, coordinator for the 11th grade. So I'm sending him a list of students every couple of days going, hey, I haven't heard from this guy at all. This person hasn't sent in any work. He's making the phone calls as much as he can. But, you know, we're finding that a lot of students still don't have technology. They still don't have the internet. Um, they've lost family members, you know, so they're just not into this. They're not going to log on to a live session. Um, you know, so it's, it's real tough. It's real tough trying to figure out where these kids are both, you know, academically, technology wise, and just mentally, you know, I mean, I knew that there were going to be kids who would not be into this at all and that we would never hear from them. And, you know, those are the kids that we're not hearing from, you know, yeah. I've got yeah. one student who, bless her heart, she, she has logged into every live session. Uh, she's caught up on all the work. Um, she is killing it online. Whereas in the classroom, she struggled a lot. You know, that's what I heard. I heard that there's yeah. a, a bunch of kids who are like that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so interesting. She, she loves it. She keeps telling me I'm not coming back. You know, and I, I told her at one point, you know, we're we're going to be back in the classroom. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't I know. It's the back point. room with you on a computer. You know. Yeah. So it's it's kids, it's challenging. Do kids talk to you about it? Like, have they talked about their struggles to you? They're they're vague with me. Um, you know, a lot of it is just, Mister, this is crazy. You know. Um, saying, I, when, when are we going to be back in school? Um, you know, sometimes you can read between the lines, you know. I mean, some of these kids ha don't have the best home life on a good day, and now they're stuck at home every day. Um, so, you know, I try to encourage them to reach out uh, as much as they can. Uh, you know, I tell them, look, you know, even if you come into this live session for an hour on Tuesday afternoon for U.S. history, that's an hour that you can maybe lock yourself in a room someplace. You've got a little bit of social interaction. Um, and, you know, you can, you can at least be distracted from what's going on. But, you know, they, a lot of them just don't understand what's going on, what's happening. You know, what, what does this all mean? Where is this all going to lead? Uh, am I ever going to be in a classroom again? Am I going to pass? You know, uh, what's going to happen? You know, we got our seniors who... Unfortunately, no prom, no graduation. Um, so sad. It's so it, sad. It really is. It really is. You know, you forget how much of a social impact being in a school building has. You yeah. Know? And even me, you know, I miss these guys, you know. Um, you know, they're joking with me like, mister, we want to be in the classroom and, and bug you again and annoy you and, you know. <laughs> And I'm telling them, look, you can still do that online, you know, whether you realize it or not. But I miss it too, you know, because I have that interaction with these guys. And, you know, a lot of students won't utilize the camera. They won't utilize the microphone. So I'm not seeing any video of them. And they're just communicating through the chat, which is fine. You know, a lot of students are worried that if they go on camera, other students are going to take screenshots and there will be memes put out and all that kind of stuff. And I get it. I'm shocked it hasn't happened to me yet. Uh, yeah. That I know, at least. But, um, you know, so even then it's, it, it takes a little bit of that social interaction away. Yeah. 
pretty tough. Yeah, and so how are I mean, or how are you supported? I mean, do you feel like your admin is supporting you? Do you feel like the city is supporting you? Like, what are your feelings about that? I, I have a lot of feelings about that. <laughs> Tell me, that's what we're here for. <laughs> feelings. You know, <laughs> I um, I, I've been fairly um, disappointed with uh, city and state government regarding all of this. Um, I definitely feel that De Blasio should have closed schools earlier than he did. Um, I kind of feel that the three days that teachers and, and support staff and staff in general were mandated to go in for three days after the schools were closed to learn remote viewing uh, or remote learning, I thought put a lot of us in, in jeopardy. Um, yeah, they're not the only one. Most teachers, everybody that I've talked to has had the same thing to say. And I feel very much that it was a very scary, those three days were so scary sure. for all of us. Sure. And we had gotten an email from uh, our administrator, uh, administration that Sunday, the Sunday after we went in for those three days, stating that a teacher had tested positive. And uh, at that point, we were having daily staff meetings on, on uh, the Google Classroom. And I brought that up the next morning saying, hey, listen, this thing's got a 14-day incubation period. You know, so we're being told that somebody was tested positive we need to keep an eye on ourselves because in the next 14 days, we can start showing symptoms if we were exposed to that person. And I, I, I kind of feel that our administration kind of just swept that under the rug a little bit of, well, you have just as much of a, a chance of going to the grocery store and getting uh, exposed, which is true, except for the fact that I could have been standing in an office with that, with that teacher, touching the countertop that they had, you know, for any yeah. prolonged period. Yeah. Um, I've been real unhappy with uh, the numbers that are being reported for teachers who have been um, died. tested positive or, or passed away. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's over 50 now who have it passed is, away. It is, you know, and Carranza, I, I, you know, he's, he's in a little hot water because there's, uh, allegedly he was telling schools not to report, you know, to yeah. kind of keep everything quiet. So that bothers me. You know, this yep. is a guy who's supposed to be uh, looking out for, for me. You know, I'm a little, a little put off by the UFT. You know, again, an organization that's there 100% to support me, to support you, to support other teachers. And I feel that they've kind of rolled over and exposed their belly a little bit, uh, you know, regarding some of these things. So, you know, our administrators, look, you know, I deal with my administrators every day. So, it's really easy for me to knock them a little bit, but admittedly, I think in some instances, they're getting information five minutes before they're sharing it with us. Yeah. I think in some instances, we're getting information before they've even had to get, had to have that opportunity to share it with us. Um, you know, right now, it's just a matter of you know, figuring out what are we supposed to be doing with all this? You know, we hear so many different things. We have colleagues in other schools who are telling us, well, we don't go live at all. You know, we don't have to do live sessions at all. Um, we're only putting up review work. You know, um, I go live 10 times a week, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for midterms next week. Yeah, uh, so what, do you, what are your feelings about grading right now? Like, should we even be grading right now? You know, I like 
the institution of grading. I like the idea of grading um, because I think with some students, if they see that failing grade, that's going to prompt them to to kind of go, oh shit, let me you know, uh, let me get some some work into Higgins. I think in the end, I think grades are going to kind of be a non-entity. Um, I, I got a feeling that somehow everybody's going to pass, you know. Yeah. And we just had a, a grade level meeting this morning with the 11th grade team. And we were talking about grading and, you know, some schools are just going to pass fail. Um, you know, we're still instituting regular grading. And I said, I said, you know, I mean, this is all kind of a moot point because I got a feeling that come June, you know, nobody fails. Um, and how can you really hold any student? You, I have students literally who are still waiting for technology from New York City. How am I gonna grade this kid for the past three weeks? I can't believe it's been a month and they still don't have technology. That's it, you know, one student had uh, emailed me last week saying that she had just gotten her iPad from the city uh, last a week from today, a week from uh, last week today, right? Um, we're also hearing that, you know, you're looking at the end of the month uh, for, for a lot of these, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's, you're not, you're not quite sure how you're going to handle that grading aspect, you know, who's, who's going to pass, who's going to fail, who knows, you know, I mean, a kid who's doing great in my class, um, you know, are, haven't turned anything in, you know, and is it because they don't have internet, you know, um, they don't have a device, they're still waiting on a device. Um, we've had students state that the devices that they got from our school, literally the laptops that we handed them from our own building, can't get internet, you know? So yeah. I've got students who are writing all the assignments by hand, taking a picture of it with their phone and emailing it, you know, to me that way. Yeah. And I'm happy to accept it. I'll take any work you give me, you yeah, know, and I'll totally. read it. But I think that in the end, I, I can't see how we're going to be able to fairly grade people. Um, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think the long-term impact is going to be on this, on kids, on us? Like, do you, I mean, do you ever think about that? Oh yeah. I think about it. It's going to be a disaster, you know, yeah. um, you know, think about our graduating seniors who now don't have all of their regents exams. Um, you know, think about the students who, you know, my self-contained class is a perfect example, you know, nice small class, six students, me, I got a para in there, and I could literally sit with each kid one-on-one -on -one at one point during every class. And now, you know, it's trying to get them to log in. They're going through the chat, so there's a delay. You know, if I ask a question, you know, I'm sitting there with dead air for a minute or two before anybody starts to be able to formulate an answer, write it, you know, type it into the chat, um, and then hit send, you know, so I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of our, our uh, more academically challenged students are really going to feel this next year. Um, my school only does self-contained for ninth grade. So the expectation is they're going to go from a small class of six to eight kids into a class and into, you know, an ICT class that has maybe 25 kids. It's amazing. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about how they have just gotten rid of all this, the um, self-contained classes and how 
it's doing such a disservice to these kids. I see, you know, we don't, we, (laughs) at my school, we don't have any self-contained classes anymore. It's all ICT kids and, um, you know, half higher level and half struggling, you know, it's, 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 um, uh, it's terrible. And, I, I always wonder about what are, how are the special needs kids like dealing with this? Because on top of the challenge of just the everyday learning, they now have a challenge of being online and sure. in every, you know, you must have kids from di- different, um, you know, disabilities, what, what's, you know, or, you know, different issues that they might have, whether it's like autism or, or, yeah. you know, any, you know, or sure. emotional disabilities or anything. So I yeah. can imagine yeah. how hard this is on them and how hard this is on their parents. That, And that's, yeah, that's the other thing. As I'm writing IEPs now, you know, I'm writing an IEP for a kid that I don't, I haven't seen in a month. Um, you know, I've got to reach out to other teachers online to get, you know, their information about that student. Um, I've got to try to figure out how to get a hold of a parent, which is tough in the building. You know, I mean, I'd probably say that 85 to 90 percent of the parents that I write IEPs for, I never am able to get a hold of. You know, uh, because they're just not answering the phone or returning calls. Their phone is out of order. You know, um, they're living in a shelter. They don't really have a phone. Um, so you add all of that on top of this, you know, um, and it's, it's really tough. It's really tough on these kids. I think, I think the, the effects of this are going to be last very long lasting. Yeah, uh, They're going to last yeah. years for, for some of these kids. You know? So on a, just on a separate note, I would love to hear, um, do you have any like really enlightening stories or any um, uplifting stories about any of this experience with the kids? Um, you know, yeah, I, I mentioned before, I have one student who, um, struggled a lot in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and she would pretty well force me to sit and work one-on-one with her every, every day. She's in my U.S. US history class. And that was a smaller class. So I was able to do that. Um, and she has taken to this, like, uh, no great. other kid that I've seen. That's great. And she was funny because I'd be working and she'd ask me a question. I'd start to answer. Then she said, mister, why are you talking so loud? Why are you <laughs> and I go, okay. And then I'll, I'll talk, mister, I can't hear what you're saying. You know? <laughs> so I keep telling her, I was like, now you're, you're in control. You can turn the volume up or down any way you want, you know? Um, you know, so she's, she's really taken to it. She, she loves this. Right. Um, she's been handed in really great work. She's been jumping. She showed up live. So uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I, I have my 11th grade ELA class, Tuesdays and Thursdays, my U.S. history. And she's in both groups. So she, um, she logged in Wednesday for ELA, right? She was in my morning session and, you know, great. Yesterday morning during my U.S. session, she had logged in um, and then started asking me a bunch of questions about ELA work. So I had to tell her, I said, you know, we're, we're in U.S. right now. You know, she's like, oh, man, I forgot. I forgot we were in. So I said, not a problem. It was great talking to you. You know, um, if you want to hang out, uh, you know, uh, stay in, you know, uh, you're supposed to be here anyway for U.S. history. But, you know, so she hung out for a while because we were reviewing some work and then she popped out and then she came back into my U.S. yesterday afternoon. 
and I go, okay, you know, and I, and all of a sudden, you know, I see her in the chat and all of a sudden she types in, she's like, wait a minute, what class is this? So I go, Delaney, it's, it's, she was history again. You know, you were here this morning. Oh man, she's like, I don't know what's going on with me today. So she popped out of that. So now, but at this point, I only have one student left in my, in my live session. So I'm working with him. We're going through some work and he hadn't turned in a lot. So I'm going through some of the worksheets with him. About five minutes left in the, in the session, she pops back in. Wow, you guys are still here? I said, yeah, we're, we're here for an hour, you know? So I think a little bit of it is that I don't know how clear of a schedule our kids got regarding what days you're supposed to now now we're four weeks into it and for the most part she's been in all the right sessions but um you know i think i don't know if she was just bored you know yeah. um I, I have the students who it's obvious they they come in um they state that they're present and then i think they go back to bed you know yeah. um so i'm i'm peppering out questions and i had one student do that one day and i keep calling and hey you know You've been in here for like 35 minutes, but you haven't participated at all. What do you think about this question? Or, or nothing, nothing, nothing. So at the very end of the session, everybody else logs out. And I, you know, I won't log out until all the kids are. And I'm saying, I say, you know, we're, did you fall asleep? You know, we're done. We're done. And finally, five minutes after the session, I jump out. I end the session. I go back in five minutes later, and she's still logged in. <laughs> she just went back to sleep oh so my I had to, god i had to kind of kick her out in order to, you know for me to to be able to officially finish my my session for that day you know wow so it's you know so there are stories i mean there are situations where there are little glimpses of hope in there let me let me ask you a question like um where do we find hope in all this like how do we as teachers move forward this forward in this in a way where we can make a difference? That's a really good question. Um, I think with a lot of teachers, um, I think there's that tendency to just look at it all negatively, right? Uh, you'll hear the teacher say, and I've said it myself, you know, we're not really teaching, you know, we're just more trying to engage, right? Um, you know, there was the controversy over losing spring break and then even the, the holy days uh, where we were being told, well, we're doing this so that you can engage with kids and they won't go outside and spread, spread the virus. And I thought to myself, man, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. I didn't sign up yeah, for that. It, it, yeah, um, yeah. But I think that, um, I mean, I think a lot of students are doing the right thing. They're staying, they're staying home. Um, and I don't know if it's just the, a generational thing, right? Because I tell my students, like, man, when I was your age, 400 years ago, <laughs> to have to be locked in my house with my parents and my siblings and not have that freedom to just go out, I would be, I'd be going nuts, you know. But, you know, they're, they're playing Fortnite all day. You know, they're, they're engaging with each other through the video games. Um, you know, so if nothing else, their hand-eye coordination is going to be impeccable, <laughs> um, you know, but it sounds like they're doing the right thing. You know, they're not going out, they're staying in. Um, 
so there's a glimmer of hope that way that they understand enough. They may not know exactly what, you know, they're bombarded with numbers every day. How many people have it? How many people died so far? This, that, and the other thing. Um, they're hearing things from friends and family members and even maybe some teachers about how long this is going to last. You know, is it just going to be until May? Is it going to be through the, the school year? I've been telling my kids, have no expectations about being back in the building uh, before September. You know, um, even though Cuomo hasn't officially said it, he will. He, will. he keeps pushing back the date and eventually it's going to hit a point where he's just going to have to say, all right, we're going to call it. Um, you know, they're asking the right kind of questions. You know, when this all first started um, in my self-contained class, you know, I went in one day and, and this just started to hear about this and uh, we learned where, it, you know, it originated and all this kind of stuff. And, and I, kids dating, like, I'm, I'm not going to go to Chinese restaurants anymore. I'm not going to eat Chinese. And I'm like, why? I, I love Chinese food. I'm, I'm having Chinese food for dinner tonight. You know, that's not how you get it. You know, um, it started in this one region, this one small area. Um, but because people weren't showing the signs and, and all this kind of stuff, people travel, you know. Um, and as it, as it turns out now, it, it seems as though I think you, the U.S. got this more from people coming from Europe than coming from China, you know, so it's, it's educating them a little bit on that kind of stuff. But they were, you know, you know, they're ninth grade kids who maybe listen to the news if they're in the other room and their parents watching it, who had all these questions and all these statements about it, you know, so even from the, from the very beginning, it was having to educate them on the right way to look at this. And I'll still do that. It, they're still asking me questions. You know, how long is this going to last? How long? Listen, I don't know. I don't have that answer. But what I can tell you is this, the more you stay inside, the quicker this will, will pass us. Um, you know, sure. You know, I don't know if kids really look at this remote learning as real school. Um, but if it, gets them in front of a laptop for an hour or two a day, uh, engaging with other people, you know, that keeps them inside the house. Again, though, most of my kids, I ask them, what'd you do this week? Played video games. I slept and I played video games. That's the two most common answers, which is normally what I would get on a Monday morning regularly. It's true. I think they're more adjusted to, to be online yeah. than we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How true. was your weekend? Fine. What'd you do? Slept and played video games. All right. Yeah. <laughs> What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm too old for the video games thing. You know, I don't have that coordination. Yeah. Yeah. Or the patience. I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's also just, you know, it's, it's the fact that they don't have the after school social activities, you know, yeah. um, you know, one of the favorite stories that I like to tell is, is, is starting a ukulele club in my school. Um, which happened to be the first music program that we ever had. Wow. And it, you know, the whole, first of all, just presenting it to the staff. We used to do these end of year retreats. We'd go up to a, a hotel up in, uh, in Westchester, the whole staff, you know, was on the school and we do workshops and stuff like that. And the first, the very first day we went up there this year, it was my, uh, my former principals uh, last year, he, already told us that he was going to be moving and all this kind of stuff. So 
um, he started that day off with, you know, hey, let's, let's go around the room and tell me about something that you've done that you were really proud of and something that you plan to do in the future. So all these teachers are going around and, and I'm like the end of the line. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, what am I going to talk about? You know? So one, one thing that I knew that I was proud of was my very first year of teaching. I had a, a, a small um, special ed class and we did a, um, a poetry unit, which I, I'm not a, I'm not a poetry guy. Right. And I was scared to death to, to try this, but it worked out good. And we ended up having like a coffee shop where, you know, students got up, we invited administration, you know, teachers in and the kids brought in, you know, refreshments and stuff. And each kid got up and read a poem that they wrote. And these are kids that you couldn't get to speak at all in class. We're now standing in front of a larger group reading their poetry. And then we posted everything on the wall. So I, that's my proud thing. That's what I know. I, I but what am I, what am I, 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 I don't plan tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So finally it comes around to me and I tell my, my, my poetry story and, and I, and I just kind of sit back and then my principal says, well, what, what, what's something you want to do in the future? I says, Oh, um, I'm going to start a ukulele club. And there was dead silence in the room because I don't know if they thought I was serious or not. And across the room, one of our history teachers just stands up and he goes, fuck yeah, four strings of fury, baby. Now this had all come about because a few months before my wife came to me one day and said, Hey, do you want to go to a ukulele festival this weekend? I thought, yeah, I like ukulele. Sure. Why not? So I says, yeah. So she goes, great. I'm going to go buy some ukuleles. And I'm thinking to myself, buy ukuleles. I says, wait a minute, aren't professionals going to play? Like, aren't we just going to, Oh, well, actually it's a workshop weekend. We're going to learn how to play. And I go, okay, let's try this out. So she goes online. She finds this great website and she calls to order a couple of ukes and she's on the phone for about an hour and a half. And she finally comes off. I'm like, did you just make best friends with the person who sold you ukulele? She goes, yeah, she's fantastic. And at one point she asked me, what does your husband do for a living? And she said, I told her he's a teacher. She goes, oh, he should start a ukulele club in his school. And she was, and I told her, you know, he's, he's in the South Bronx, you know, he's in a, a neighborhood full of gangs, you know, I don't know how they're going to take to that. But then we go and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is pretty easy to learn. And I think I could teach, you know, some basic chords. And then I start going to YouTube and typing in just random songs with the word ukulele at, uh, at the end of it. And I'm getting all these songs, Beyonce songs. <laughs> you know, something I, I could do this, right? So my confidence is up and I make this announcement at our, at our retreat. And again, I don't think people thought I was serious because I'm the guy who goes in like right before Christmas and I'll gift wrap your desk, you know, like you'll come <laughs> in the morning and your desk and your chair and everything on top of it will be gift wrapped. And that was me who did it. So I put, put more thought into it. And I, I went into my principal over the summer. I says, you know, this is, by the way, this is something I really want to do. And she says, I didn't think you were serious. I said, yeah, I know. So we did the fundraiser, you know, um, we put in, I put in enough to, to get eight ukuleles. Um, but then the person who uh, we bought our ukuleles from, you know, I contacted her and let her know, hey, listen, you know, I stole your idea. I'm starting a ukulele club in my school. And she contacts me and she goes, well, you know what? Um, 
I have a, a really good deal going with Ohana, which is one of the bigger ukulele manufacturers. She goes, if you raise a certain amount of money, I get you 20 ukuleles, each with a gig bag and at least five electronic tuners. So holy moly. So I put the big push in, we get our ukuleles and we started the club. You know, we played, uh -huh. we played in front of the, uh, you know, in, in school assemblies. Uh, the first song we learned was the Pina Colada song, uh -huh. uh, which you would be surprised at how many high schoolers in the South Bronx know the Pina Colada song. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's two chords, so it was real easy, you know. Um, so it's experiences like that that I miss, you know, yeah. the experience of, of sitting in a room with, the, with a bunch of kids um, and learning a couple of ukulele chords, watching videos, just having a good time, you know. Yeah. Students coming into my classroom during lunch, you know, because maybe maybe they're not comfortable sitting up in the cafeteria, you know, and myself and my co-teacher, we always have our door open. So they know they can come in. I usually have like snacks and granola bars in my desk because I also know that a lot of them can't bring their own food in, but they won't eat the cafeteria food. I don't yeah. blame them, you know, so I can toss them a granola bar just to get a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of food in their, in their stomach during lunch. It's those experiences that I miss more than anything else. Sure, I miss yeah. being in the classroom. I miss those aha moments that kids have when, you know, they finally get that concept that you've been teaching for three months. But it's just that that one-on-one, -on -one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, standing, standing at my door and having all the students, you know, and they're shaking your hands. And ha giving that up was tough before all of this. You know, when we yeah. first started to realize you can't do that anymore, Yeah. you know. Um, you know, I started doing like the elbow bumps, but every day I'd still have a, a core group of kids who would come up with their handout. Hey, good morning. Yeah. Miss. And I'd be like, Hey, no offense, you know, I and know. They, you know, so it's, it's those experiences, those one-on-one -on -one experiences that I miss. I think the students miss, and I think it's, it's going to be tough to get back into that. I think that you're going to, yeah, I think that you'll be able to do your ukulele and I think you're going to do it bigger and better than ever, which uh, is hopefully. what I hope for you. But I, I love that story. I love all of your stories. I, you. um, we're going to wrap it up, but I just, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and oh, this has been great. you're such an inspirational teacher. I don't think I've talked to one teacher so far on this podcast that I haven't wished I was in their classroom. Yeah. I want to learn the Pina Colada song on a ukulele. <laughs> So we'll have to keep in touch about that. Um, but I just thank you for everything. And um, thank you for being part of this. I appreciate you doing this. I think that there needs to be more outlets for teachers like this uh, to be able to come on and just give their opinions on things and tell some stories and, and just have the, the, a good positive conversation about it. Well, I hopefully this, this will be one of those places. So thank you so much. Thank you. And, um, and we'll, we'll, we can't wait to see what else you do. Thank you very much. This has been the Warriors of Education podcast, dedicated to all the hardworking teachers across this country. We hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.